A reading from the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter, the 13th through the 35th verse. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God, And all the people, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them and assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever received an invitation? You know, one of those little white envelopes that people hand out for you to come to their wedding or to go to their party or to go to their dinner or to wherever it is you want to go. There's something great about when you receive the the invitation, there's some anticipation about what that's about. Can you imagine how Cleopas and I want to say his wife, as they were walking home from Emmaus, they had had a walking home to Emmaus, they had had an invitation to go and celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem. Seven miles from their home. They had gone to town with all of these expectations, all of these hopes. They had encountered Jesus. They they knew Jesus. They had followed Jesus. They knew his hopes. And they had been invited to celebrate. To celebrate God present in their life. To celebrate 
God's love for them. How many times are we invited to weddings to celebrate the love God has put into people's lives? How many times are we invited to graduations to celebrate the work that God has done in somebody's lives? How many times are we invited to come to funerals and memorial services and celebrate the work that God did in someone's life? We always come with great hope and great expectation. And I'm going to say the two people in our story today went to Jerusalem from Emmaus with that exact attitude. Their hope was great. They they knew what Jesus had taught them, and they were excited, and they had received an invitation to come and celebrate. And they had accepted that invitation and went with joy, I am sure. They went with great hope. But yet that's not what Luke says today. Luke doesn't celebrate the invitation. Luke takes us to a place where dreams have been dashed. Hope has gone. What they had planned for their life has completely changed. I was in a conversation with a friend this week, and when we began to talk, he was joyous, and as the conversation continued he began to talk about a a trip he had planned with his wife to a, a place that they found special and they realized they didn't get to go and his voice just dropped and I looked at his face and his face was sad And I knew that the invitation to go and be away with his wife had been accepted with great hope and great anxiousness and great joy. But yet reality of our lives today is that our lives have changed. What we expected our lives to look like this many weeks after Easter is not even close to what we're experiencing. We're living in a time we couldn't have foreseen. We're living in a time that that we couldn't have known. All of our calendars were, were full with events and things we were going to do. And yet we find ourselves sheltered in place. We find ourselves being asked not to engage in people, not to have relationship, not not to, to give love to others because we can't be around others. I am sure that Cleopas and his wife walking home that night, that day, had that same downtrodden feeling in their lives. Everything they had hoped for, everything they had planned, gone, changed. And the one who was leading them, dead. And they walked home the seven miles with the heavy heart, dashed dreams, and lost hope. Some of us are right there with them. We have a little bit of a glimmer because somebody keeps whispering somewhere that the authorities are going to allow us to get back together someday soon. But when is someday? There was a little bit of glimmer in their hope because somebody had said that he wasn't in the grave, but they hadn't seen him. And they walked along in their life. 
How many of us are walking today in our lives with our hopes downtrodden, with our plans dead, and we're just longing to get back to life the way it used to be? Where we could accept invitations, we could live in hope, we could find joy by what feeds us in our lives, and we wouldn't be restricted by anything else. And unfortunately, I'm afraid some of us have forgotten to invite God into our lives during this pandemic time. Sure, we pray for health and we pray for those that that are in need of health and, and we pray for our families and our loved ones that they won't get sick and all of that stuff. But what about us? What about our core being as we start to feel the walls crawl in and we start to feel the shelteredness start to get on us and we start to feel the antisocial things we're having to do start to wear on our feelings and on our emotions? Where is God? Where is God in all of that with us? Is it a God who's sustaining us? Is it a God who's getting a hold of our hearts? Or are we just offering God our prayers? That's what they were doing on the way home. They were discussing the things that had happened every night and every day on the TV. We hear reports from the COVID-19 coronavirus team. And we discuss what they say. Where is God? Where is God in our relationships today? Where is God in our world today? Where is God in our personal life? The God who invites us to be intimate, the God who invites us to sit with him for a while, to sit with him for a while and be in God's presence? Or are we too worried about discussing the events of the day? They walked along. I always like to say the the couple on the road to Emmaus had their blinders on. They didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him. I'm going to tell you why they didn't recognize him is because they were focused on themselves. That's what we do. We get in crisis and what do we do? We focus on ourselves. We want to protect ourselves. We want to make sure we're, we're secured. We want to make sure that nobody can get to us. We want to make sure that nobody can breathe on us. We want to make sure that our loved ones, wherever they are, that they're taken care of and nobody's going to get sick and everything's going to be okay and they're going to be able to get their checks and they're going to be able to take care of this and they're going to be able to take care of that. And we put our blinders on and we forget. Because when crisis hits our lives, whether it be grief, whether it be sheltered in place, whether it be illness, whether it be divorce, whatever it is in our lives, we put our blinders on and our protection goes up. And we forget to look for God. What they did on the road to Emmaus was they forgot to look to God. The invitation was there. Did you hear the invitation? He came alongside them on the road. I love this. He didn't go out ahead of them. He didn't get behind them and push them. He walked along beside them. Isn't that what God does? God walks along beside us. Somebody asked me this week, I mentioned God holding our right hand. In the scriptures, it refers to God holding our right hand a lot of times. And people say, how can I walk along with God if God's holding my right hand? And I say, because God has God's arm around you. And God's holding your hand and you're holding God's hand. And you're walking side by side down the road. They're walking and he prompts them. You hear the invitation? He prompts them. What are you talking about? 
What are you talking about? God cares about what we're going through. God wants to know what's on our heart, and God wants to know why our blinders are on. Why have we turned inward? Why aren't we looking outward? Why aren't we looking for the God in all of the situations? Why aren't we looking for what God's doing? Why aren't we looking for opportunities for God to use us even while we're sheltered in place? Are you kidding me? Are, are, you came from Jerusalem and you don't know what's going on? And it's the most clever thing Jesus ever does. No, tell me. Tell me. That speaks to the heart of God. This couple is in a crisis as they're going home. This couple is mourning. This couple doesn't know exactly what's going on. This, this couple doesn't know really where God is. And they've put their blinders on. And Jesus comes alongside and invites them to talk about it. Did you know when you begin to talk about what your troubles are and what's happening in your life that your heart begins to open? Because when you begin to t articulate what it is that's binding you, when you begin to talk about the anxiousness of being sheltered in place, when you begin to talk about the anxiousness of not having person face-to-face -face relationships with people, when you begin to talk about your financial woes, it allows other people to help carry your burden. It invites other people. You open a door because your heart begins to open. It's the most clever thing Jesus does. He speaks to them and he says, tell me what you're talking about. And it allows Cleopas, the man, to speak about what they're suffering from. Surely you know. We went to celebrate the Passover and we had great hope. We had great hope in Jesus. He was the one, the one to restore Israel. He was the one, but yet they turned him over to the authorities and they crucified him. He opened their womb by inviting them to speak about what their hurt was. And that's what our God does. Our God wants to know how we're feeling. Our God wants to know about what it feels like to be sheltered in place for six weeks. To not see your loved ones. To not hug your husband or your wife. To not hold your grandchildren. To not be able to say goodbye to somebody you love because they've passed from this world. Or to be able to celebrate the birth of someone new into your family. To not be able to attend a wedding. To not be able to have a wedding. God wants to know what's happening in our lives, to be worried about our job, our financial status. We have to open our hearts and allow God in. And Jesus offers that invitation to the couple. And the couple speaks. And when the couple speaks, it allows God to move in great ways. How foolish are you not to believe? How foolish are you? How slow are you to believe? Did you not know? Did you not know that all of these things had to happen? All of these things. And you see what, what Jesus is doing? Jesus is pulling on their heartstrings. Jesus is saying, hey, do you remember? 
Do you remember what you learned when you were just a little child in the temple? Do you remember the lessons that the Torah taught you? Do you remember the things that you learned in Sunday school and vacation Bible school that have been the grounding of your life in faith forever? When you're sheltered in place and all of the world is down upon you, do you not remember what one of my favorite professors used to say? What's in your bones? You see, Jesus took them to what's in their bones and reminded them about the very core of their faith. Do you not remember? And he walked them through all of the things that the prophet said. And he taught, taught them about all the teachings of the law. And he reminded them who they were as people of God. It's the greatest thing. It's why we come to worship every week. We need to be reminded we are God's. It's why Jesus showed up on the road to Emmaus to reveal God's self so that Cleopas and his wife would know they are God's and that God is true. To invite them into the relationship again and again and again. To remind them of those faith stories. To remind them of those faith lessons. So they can move from their woundedness. So they can move from their fear. So they can restore hope in their life. Because if you track the the works of God, if you go back through the Old Testament and the teachings of the day, and you track the words of God, the works of God, God never lets God's people down. God always comes through. God delivered Daniel from the lion's den. God parted the sea. God provided manna from heaven. And I can go on and on and on about the works of God in the Old Testament. And I can assure you the sole purpose was to bring Cleopas and his wife back to understanding who God was in their lives. And he walked down the road with them. And the invitation set with them. The anticipation of the invitation set with them. And it came to a crossroads. How appropriate that it came to a crossroads. The text says, Jesus as it was becoming evening, acted like he was going on down the road. But Cleopas and his friend, Cleopas and his wife, said, no, wait. Come and stay with us. Do you know that one of the moral obligations that's founded in their faith and the laws of their faith is hospitality? Because of the desert and the nomadic conditions in ancient times, Hospitality was critical to life. And for them to let a stranger who met them on the road continue on their journey without an invitation to come and be in their house was unthought of. It came natural to them. Jesus had brought them back to their bones. And as they got to the the place in the road where they were going to turn and go to their house, instinctively, They said, come, be at our house. 
They heard the invitation from Jesus as he reminded them of their faith. And they instinctively, not even knowing who Jesus was, invited a gift of hospitality. Their faith spoke up. And when their faith spoke up and they invited Jesus into their home, they accepted the invitation of God to break bread. And Jesus showed up in their house. You see, as much as we are sheltered in place, as much as we want to put a wall around us, as much as we want to protect those things in our lives, as much as we worry about what the outcome is going to be of our finances, of our health, and of our loved ones, God says, I am with you. God says, let me in. And if we let God in, if we invite God, if we're hospitable to the Spirit of God in our lives, and we allow God to be in with us, then the risen Christ can be revealed to us. The risen Christ can be revealed to us because when they got together at the table, he sat with them in fellowship. The most hospitable thing we can do is sit at a table with one another and break bread together. And Jesus sat with Cleopas and his wife at the table and Jesus became the host. God took over. And God did what God does when we invite God into our lives. God changed things. God worked for the good. Jesus took the bread, blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And they recognized him. I love one of the particular texts. It says, and the scales were removed from their eyes, and they could see. Isn't it amazing if we're willing to rest on what's in our bones as far as our faith is concerned when we're sheltered in place, when we're worried and we invite God in and we accept God's invitation to be intimate with us, that God will reveal the risen Christ to us. And we will understand that God is so much bigger, so much bigger than the immediate crisis of our lives. And this is what I love. As a result of accepting an invitation, they had the opportunity to go and tell others and to invite others to be in relationship with the risen Christ. Seven miles of dusty road, they ran back to Jerusalem. I promise you, they ran back to Jerusalem and they found their loved ones and they told of the work that God had done in their lives. People of God, though we be sheltered in place, though we be anxious about our financial condition, though we be anxious about our health, let's open the envelope. Let's read again that invitation that God gives us so that in our lives we can offer the invitation of the living Christ to others, even while we're sheltered in place. Amen and amen. From his throne, saw the sick and the homeless and hungry. Saw him lost and without hope. Moved with compassion, he 
sent out his only son with the invitation to come. Come join. 